In October 1983, Marty Cohan and Blake Hunter produced a multi-camera television pilot. The show was held for almost a year before the series was picked up by ABC, finally debuting on Thursday, September 20th, 1984. Groundbreaking television, socially conscious storylines, dramatic character arcs, and quality character development. Who's the Boss had none of those problems, and instead focused on a fish-out-of-water scenario as Brooklyn Italian stereotype Tony Danza changes his entire life to become a live-in housekeeper who occasionally vacuums a house of Judith Light while handing out sage advice. This show was a hit and lasted eight seasons, but it all started with a pilot. Welcome to Who's Piloting This Podcast, where we explore the first episodes of television history and get all judgmental about it. All right. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Uh, welcome back to, or welcome if you're just joining us. No, they, they tuned away. <laughs> this is our fourth episode of Who's Piloting This Podcast. I'm Gretchen. And I'm James. And tonight, if you don't already know by that epic theme song, we are going to be talking about who's the boss. Who is the boss? Well, oh, hang on. I've got a perfect clip for this. I am Professor Peter Sheffield, and I'd like to begin with a simple question. Who was the boss? <laughs> so Gretchen has never seen Community. No, That's I from haven't. season two, episode 20. A shout out to Dave, who told us we should pull some clips from that show. But there's a side plot where Abed is taking a class about who was the boss. What is podcast business? So podcast business is at the top of the hour when or when we uh, talk about anything having to do with the podcast. Like, for example, we got our first care package. Yes, we did. We got a care package the other day from the addicts. Um, they're not <laughs> drug addicts. That sounded Tim and Megan, our friends... Um, sent us uh, a little nod to Jerry Stiller, a.k.a. Frank Costanza. It's a Serenity <laughs> Now button. This week, we lost Jerry Stiller. May he rest in peace. Big loss. And as we were sitting here getting the podcast set up, our other friend Dave texted us and let us know we lost Fred Willard. It's another big one. Bad times. Um, I don't think there's any other podcast business. Um Listenership is steady um, in the low teens. Nice. Yeah. So we're crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. We're number one in our demo, which is podcasts in our family. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Try so. taking that from us. <laughs> um, tonight we are drinking. What are we drinking? Oh, uh, so the beer tonight. Selection for tonight is another Aslan. So we're big fans of Aslan. Aslan is a brewery in um, Northern Virginia, started in Herndon. They have a second brewery in Alexandria. Don't know what their long-term plans are, but they specialized in New England-style IPAs. And Gretchen got us a nice little palette of beer um, for me, I guess, as a gift. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm enjoying the gift as well. Right. And so this is Pew, Pew, Pew. Pew, Pew, Pew. Um, it is a 12.8% alcohol by volume. Yowza. Triple New England IPA. So while you are, <laughs> that's a great sound. Wait, oh, hey, maybe I can do this. Ah. <laughs> it 
Also, ladies and gentlemen, he spilled it all over the front of his shirt. Well, nobody needed to know that. <laughs> now they do. Who's the boss? Who is the boss? I, so, I, I don't know. Um, I guess right off the top, did you watch it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I did. I don't. I definitely watched it. I don't know. I, I don't know if this is now. Now is the right time to talk about. I guess whatever. It's a podcast. We can talk about whatever we want. I I don't remember if I really liked the show, but this comes from an era for me when like people don't understand. I was sitting in bed thinking about this. That like we would get the Washington Post and there was a TV Weekly and it was its own printed like book inside every week. Like every Sunday, you would get this. And it had the TV guide mm-hmm. um, that had blocks for every channel that was on the air um, for every day of the week. And and somebody, like this was somebody's job. Somebody had to typeset that every single week and print that out. And I guess millennials don't understand. That's the thing when you hit guide on your TV, you see it on your TV. Yeah. Somebody used to have to, they, oh, they would yeah. have to print that. So back in that era, I feel like I didn't, I mean, I couldn't be discerning. So I watched Who's the Boss just because it was on. Right. No, I mean, I definitely watched it, and I liked it um, a lot, actually. And one of the big things, well, I guess I'm jumping ahead. But, yes, I watched it. I watched it. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Do we talk about the, the pilot? Yeah, but first let's try our beer. Oh, well, let's try the beer. Audience, you can uh, entertain yourself while Gretchen takes a sip, and then she can talk and I can take a sip. Wow. Um, I think we've had this one, but I can't remember. Oh, that's big. It's high octane for sure. It's, what did you say? 12 and a half? 12.8, I think. Almost. Which is a lot. 13. Uh, it's good. It's very good. It's got a little bit of a sweet thing happening, but I mean, that's, I think, because it's probably higher in sugar because it's higher in alcohol. Yeah, that's but fair. the hops are still coming through. Um... Slight aftertaste, not mad at it though. So, the plot. <laughs> oh, Did shit. you do any research, anything we need to talk about in terms of? <laughs> that was kind of neat the way that just happened. The plot, boom, boom, like yeah, law and order. Yeah, that was not supposed to be a law and no. order thing. Um, did we need to talk about like the founding of the show or anything? I don't know. This is your, your, your drive. Well, I didn't look up any of that shit. So <laughs> all we're going to say is the air date, the pilot aired, uh, September 20th, 1984. Um, the premise was an ex jock takes a job as a housekeeper for a female executive in her family, which I'm just going to stop there and say, as I've gotten older and growing up, you know, in the eighties, it's kind of rad that this dude takes a job as a housekeeper for a female executive head of household. Yeah. Kind of progressive for the time period yeah. and kind of fucking awesome. Also fucking awesome the fact that you used dude and rad in the same sentence. <laughs> well, you I'm know. nothing if not cool. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not peg an era here. Opening scene, and I'll try and distill the plot really quickly because I, I, I don't think I don't think the plot moves all that well and, and they don't seem to invest too much into it. I mean, opening scene is like, uh, obviously some, they, and they don't use locations, but it's obviously some sort of garbage area of Brooklyn in the eighties. So, you know, everybody's in a brownstone in an, in an apartment and there's like homeless people and, um, trash everywhere and people leaning out of their windows and yelling. And Tony is loading up a beat up as blue van with his daughter and yeah. uh, ostensibly Sam. moving out of town. Um, and the neighbor's saying, you know, you're going to come back and, can we just talk about for a second how the backdrop is supposed to be 
Brooklyn and it's clearly a cardboard cutout. <laughs> it's it's there's not it it seems like it's multi-camera video in 84 so it's not high quality. It but doesn't it's hold up. Literally well. not a right it's not a real background either. It's yeah. it's Sesame Street. I mean it's yeah, it's and bad. I looked up the lady that's leaning out the window and and I cuz she's so recognizable but I think she's just she's a she's a person that plays like a, a bit part in all kinds of shows yeah, she was all a the big time. Character actor, and yeah. she played the like stereotype Italian woman in like almost every role. So they, they pack up the van, drive over the Triborough bridge. Uh, and you know, if you don't know like the area, you don't really know where they're going, but it's Connecticut. They're driving to Connecticut. He knocks on the door of a, of a lady and announces that he's her new housekeeper. So at this point in the story, from what I can tell they have gotten rid of their apartment entirely. They've gotten rid of their apartment. They've packed up their van and they've driven to Connecticut to take a job and live with a woman they've never met before who hasn't agreed to employ him. Yes, but her mother, so Mona, was who played the mom. Um, and what's funny is she didn't have a lot uh, of, of uh, airtime in the pilot. Like she only had a couple lines, but she later becomes a big character. But- what I think is funny about it is like the whole premise is Mona met Tony at the Y and offered him this job. Um, oh, I didn't even get that from the pilot, really? Yeah, well, the, they don't tell you that in the pilot. I've looked this up. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess in one sense, it's kind of it's kind of great that they don't really try and bother with a lot of exposition and backstory. They just jump into the story. It's still pretty thin. It is, but I feel like if they were like, you know, getting too into the weeds about it, like it would be forced i don't know i mean i don't know it was i agree it was a little thin but we both agreed in watching the pilot that we were like this is actually kind of funny like we both i think laughed like we, twice. there were there were definitely chuckle moments and i think um um what's his name tony god damn what uh danza tony danza that's the guy that's the guy <laughs> starring in the show by the way Tony Danza is pretty charming in this first episode. He is. Um, he is. And he's in very good shape. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a they second. They show him in a shirtless scene. <laughs> so um, I did pull a couple clips to move us through the storyline. So he shows up and, and knocks on the door and they have this little exchange. Well, uh, my mother's screening everyone. Did you meet her? Yeah, yeah, yesterday. Yeah, you know, she gave me the once over, kicked me in the tires, put me up on a rack. <laughs> Else you should have checked under your hood because you're the wrong sex. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got a peen. Get out of here. <laughs> um, no, so yeah, Angela answers the door. And this we both noted that I thought was really funny because you said this without me even telling you that I found this in like my research. There's all these things on the internet that are like, this is total bullshit. She answers the door. She supposedly just got out of the shower. Because she's getting ready for work. Right. She's in a robe and she's got her hair up in a towel. And like two minutes into her talking to him, she takes her hair out of the towel and it's like a fucking finesse commercial. It's, it's feathered. Her it's not dry. Yeah. It's, and I'm actually kind of impressed that she pulled it out of a towel and it fell into that position that yeah. it looked fully made. Yeah. But it was also like, um, most people look like a drowned rat when right. they take a towel off their hair. And Tony's like, Tony's dressed pretty smartly. Like he's, he's wearing a collared shirt with a sweater with a sports coat on top, um, and I was like, oh, all right, all right. Um, Need to go tone. And then they have, so Mona shows up. She, like, talks um, 
Angela into just giving him a chance, basically. And Tony also has has his daughter in tow. So Yes, his daughter, Samantha. So at this point in the story, a strange man from Brooklyn has shown up at her front door, knocked on the door and says, I'm, I'm your new housekeeper. I'm moving in. And by the way, here's my daughter. And she just rolls with it, I guess. I don't know, um, because he's good with her son. And then there's this little exchange with Mona. Even the child psychologist said that Jonathan has to have a male role model. And this Tony, is he male or is he male? I mean, we are talking mucho macho here. So wait, you didn't even talk about this. So Jonathan, if if the audience, the, the audience. The, the audience. <laughs> didn't gather that he is Angela's son. And yes. he's, a he, I realized that. Um, cause I think in real life he's like my age or maybe like a little bit either a year or two older or younger than the actor who plays Jonathan. But when we watched it last night, I was, or whatever night it was Thursday. It's going to be really important that we establish. Uh, I know we nobody it. gives a shit, but I was like, he's a little cutie. He's a little cutie. Uh, he's like what? Seven or so. I think he's younger than that. That's what I'm saying. Cause this was 84 and I think he was like my age. So I think he was probably around four or five. Yeah. Um, it, so in that scene right there, they establish that he he's going to a child psychologist for some reason. Because he's a child of divorce. Uh, and I guess she's a, a lady of um, of means. Yes. So she can afford to do she's that. She's an executive. She's an executive. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to look at the internet just to make sure that this was accurate. Um, I don't think there was any subtext when they were writing this or anything like that, but that child actor actor did come out as gay eventually. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know. I always had a vibe from him. And that's kind of weird, right? I don't know. Is that the right thing to say? No, I mean, that's fine. It's not, I mean, you're not a homophobe, so it's fine. No, I'm, I'm not. Well, and I don't, I don't know what I would have been at, how old I was, uh, 10, like eight. You still wouldn't have been. You just would have been He's unaware of like... What that was. So, I don't know. I thought it was funny that they, in the first episode that this kid's on TV, they're talking about him going to a child psychologist and needing a male role model. I didn't do a lot of good notes here. Um, oh, one thing I did note, I love the kitchen door. Their kitchen Why? door. I just, I always loved it. I remember loving it as a kid and when we watched this the other night. I was like, God, that's a good door. Are you going to describe the door it or had anything a about swing. it? It was one of those swings. Oh, so it swung both ways. Yeah, I always loved that. Oh. And I, it was a wood, it was like a wood door with like a big, um, I, I mean, <laughs> this is great description. I'm bad at this. I don't know. It was a great door. It's so great if door. you guys haven't seen who's the boss, check out that door. <laughs> there's a door in the kitchen. It swings both ways. It's wood. It's a good door. It's a <laughs> Uh, um, so the story moves along. Um, Tony immediately s- sort of starts to take this like mentorship role, like this aw shucks, dumb guy mentorship role for Angela. She's seeing this dude. I guess yeah. they handle this part of the story okay. He's her boss, it seems like. So, yes. She- and she's, you know, it, it. she's on a date with him. He comes back to the house. They have this little thing. can't believe it. You spend $300 on dinner and you still come away hungry. I've had it with Nouvelle Cuisine. The waiter had more food on his sleeve than I had on my plate. <laughs> Which I think is funny because $300 in 1984. Yeah, that was one of my notes. That would be like a billion dollars today. One billion dollars. I know you have executive money. That's okay, like crickets covered in gold money. It is. Like 
that was ridiculous. Who has three hundred dollars to spend on dinner in nineteen eighty four? Well, they're they're well off though. They're both executives. But who's that fucking well off? Isn't so she's a vice president, right? And he's a president. And he's a, it seems it seems like the landscape is he's the president of like a multinational type of thing because he's getting a promotion. And so the the backstory here is he's getting to pick his successor. So who's going to be promoted to be president? This and guy so, who she's dating, who's her boss. Right. And so he she's asked, in line for a promotion with. Gross. So he asks her to go away to his house. I can't remember where, like the Hamptons or some shit like that, right? Something even richer than Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, I mean, come on, Connecticut, it, I don't know. It just looks like every town USA to me, but whatever. I know there are rich parts of Connecticut. Yeah, of course. It, mostly probably because it's just outside of New York City and you have a lawn. Um, but so she's like, the, the backstory there is that she's got this, potential promotion. Uh, he asked her to go away with him for the weekend. And then that's the point of contention between her and Tony. Yeah. Because they, so when they come back from their date, they're in the kitchen and I think they're like making out or something. And Tony storms in and he's like all burly fucking Brooklyn. Like you get off her. Yeah. He's, <laughs> that was he's, a terrible. Brooklyn no, it sounded exactly right. It sounded no, just it like Tony Danza. <laughs> Um, he's got some sort of like really skimpy sweatpants, no shirt, and he's holding a baseball bat. Yeah. And he storms into the room. He pulls a kitchen chair onto the floor for no reason and then lifts the guy up and then kind of just generally threatens him with a baseball bat. Yeah. Cause I guess he assumed that there was like sexual, sexual deviancy and the guy was in a three piece suit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and the guy says this. Angela, this is the ugliest woman I've ever seen. <laughs> because she said, funny. this is our housekeeper. Yeah. And yeah, of course, all the- housekeepers have to be female because we've also got this one. Angela, what is the problem? The problem is, Mother, you sent me a man for a housekeeper. Oh, don't be sexist. A man can do meaningless, unproductive work just as well as a woman. <laughs> so there's some good one, one-liners yeah, happening Yeah, I mean, that show. was pretty, yeah. But so, yeah, so she's dating her boss, which is super gross. She's in line for a promotion with said boss, who she's mm, it's kind of inclined that she's sleeping with. And Well, I don't think so. I think at that point they haven't consummated. Inclined? Implied. I yeah. said inclined. I think they implied. haven't consummated, and that's the whole thing about going away for the weekend. Mm, mm-hmm. But so they don't go. She doesn't end up going. Correct. And this is at Tony's advice. He says, you know, don't go, like... You don't want to get that job because you slept with your boss. You're right. Yeah, they hadn't, they hadn't bonked yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> boinked. <laughs> I'm using all the wrong words today. Um, so then she gets the job anyway. <laughs> I really, I really buried the lead there. Well, they have to wrap the show up, right? So, I mean, long and long and short of it is, you know, this strange man shows up. She takes him in as her housekeeper. He has never cleaned a house before, I guess, outside of, you know, amateur hour at his own house. He's never done it professionally. Now he's doing it. He counsels her on this relationship and says, hey, wouldn't you rather know that you got it because of you instead of humping the boss? And she ends up getting it. And at that point, they have a weird, awkward hug. And um, a couple times throughout the show, they they try and establish like a sexual oh, tension they, between the two okay, of them. Okay, that was another one of my notes. They really plant the sexual chemistry seed early, is what I said in my notes. Yeah, and I didn't read it at all. Like, I, I didn't read chemistry. Um, Excuse me. In the middle of the night, he knocks on her door. I mean actual chemistry between the actors, though. Uh, 
I I mean, I don't know, but they wanted the characters to have sexual chemistry. That was... Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that, that's all we care about is the characters. We don't care about the real actors. Well, I, didn't, I don't mean the real actors being attracted to each other at a bar or something like that. I mean, like, as they are portraying their characters, I didn't feel like there was a big spark there. A big spark? That's what I said. <laughs> a big spark. I didn't see it. He is it. Italian. <laughs> Okay. Uh, There's a path you choose and a path. No, a path you take. (laughs) Damn it. All right. So, a couple of other notes that I have too. You can look through yours as well. Nothing. Um, We didn't even talk about Sam. So, Samantha is Tony's daughter and um, played by Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano. And God, I think, like a lot of kids my age, I wanted to be Sam. I thought she was so freaking cool. I don't know if she had done Commando first or not. I don't know what that is. You haven't seen Commando. The one thing that I did find out in my research, my very brief research for this show, is they shot this pilot about a year before they actually bought the season and started shooting the rest of the episodes. Hmm. Well, isn't that because like nine times out of ten, they don't know if the pilot's going to get picked up, right? So I think they had some creative differences with the creators of the show and... um, it's almost a year later before they pick it up and start filming the rest of the series. In the meantime, Tony Danza like legit got arrested uh, for assault and battery in New York. Damn. And it's one of these like 80s things where he says like, I'm, I don't even mean to like imply something here. Right. But it, it was one of these things where somebody said something about a woman and he got into a fight in a bar, which just seems like such 80s bullshit. I mean, is that was that really a thing? I don't know. It sounds like Old West bullshit. Yeah, and what do you say about a woman that gets you into a fight? She's got some knockers. <laughs> I'll knock you. Hey. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait, do it again. Say say she's got some knockers. She's got some knockers. Oh, hey. Hey, ho. Oh. <laughs> uh, we are 12. <laughs> what else? He punches the guy in the face and then says, Yeah, that's terrific. <laughs> How many of these clips did you get? I got a lot of them. Um, so one thing to note about the show, this isn't necessarily just about the pilot, but, you know, we don't always talk about the pilot. Um, it ran for, I think, eight seasons, and it was consistently top 10 in the prime ratings from 85 to 89. So for half of their uh, show career, they consistently rated top 10. They were also nominated for, like, something like 40 awards. They won two. But <laughs> that's not I good. Mean, nomination still. I yeah yeah it's mm. almost the same. Yeah, not really. One one thing that annoyed me is that at some point in the show he refers to his van as as a truck. Yeah, he refers to it as a truck, and then he refers to it as a van. As a van. Um, it's eight minutes into the episode when she agrees to let him move in. Pretty quick. Eight whole minutes, eight and he's. Whole, a I guess that's perfect, halfway almost. Perfect freaking stranger though, like. That you're letting into your house you've never met before, and you're like, you can live with me. Yeah, if you think about it, that is pretty. And then at the end of the 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 show, like where the credits are rolling, they you know he he keeps trying to get people to go outside and shoot hoops. And when he finally goes outside to shoot hoops, it's over the ending credits, and there's a basketball hoop. Just it seems like it's nailed to the side of their house without a backboard, and their house is just like the back of it's just stone. So one is to assume that they nailed a basketball hoop to a stone facade of a house and they're just throwing a 
basketball up against the stone. Yeah, you were. Not regulation. You were irate about that. Um, I was what? Irate. Irate, yes. Um, so speaking of that, at the end scene, he's shooting hoops with Sam, his daughter. And one of the last scenes of the show that I thought was really cool is she asks Tony, her dad, she's like, how can a woman make enough money to afford a house like this? And he says, you can do it too. You can do it. Well, I think you paraphrased a little bit, but yeah. I, I did, yeah. but. Because but. That, that would have not been great writing. <laughs> hey, Dad, Dad, how can you afford a house like this? You can do it too. <laughs> what do you actually uh, think about the pilot, though? The pilot itself. I mean, there were definitely things about it that were ridiculous and far-fetched. Like, come on, nobody's. Nobody answers the door and says, oh, perfect stranger man. I live, I'm a woman who lives alone with my son and my mother and you're somebody I've never met. Yeah, you can move into my house with your daughter. You know, I mean, it's, even though you're, my mom met you at the Y, like, come on, who cares? No, super far-fetched, super ridiculous. That would never fly in a show nowadays. It was something for some reason back in the day that they were like, eh, the audience is dumb. They'll go with it. And I mean, we did. Yeah, we did all the time. I I don't so I think the show was funny. Yeah. Legitimately. I, mm-hmm. I actually I, I laughed and I don't remember really liking this show. I thought the pilot was funny. I thought the plot was so thin and the premise is like mm, I don't know. It's it's this reverse thing where it's like, okay, he's the housekeeper. And then I think if I were watching that right now, I would say, how long is this gonna run? You know, what, what are they going to do with this storyline? Shit. You know what I just realized? No. They did this twice in the 80s. Mr. Belvedere. But but he was yeah. a British Tony. <laughs> he was, he was, God, was he their butler? I he think, was their house, housekeeper, basically. So he's like a little bit of everything. Streaks on the china. <laughs> I've never met him before. <laughs> okay. We're going to put that on the list to watch also. <laughs> so last week, our sponsor, unfortunately, there there's this... Uh, Defense Production Act thing the president has. So the president can redirect any company to manufacture things in a national national emergency scenario. Unfortunately, um, shitties stopped making adult diapers because they're starting to make masks, Bless. right? So they cut their sponsorship. So we were actively looking for a new sponsor and I... At the last minute, was able to get one and got it faxed in. So, Gretchen, if you'll indulge Why do you me, say fax. It came in on the fax. <clears throat> okay. I don't know. I mean, you don't. You are a business lady, right? But <laughs> you are. You're a business lady. You work in business. I run a training program. <laughs> I'm all business. You're all business. You're an international business lady. I work in the entertainment industry. Okay. I don't, but everybody knows it all happens via fax. Anyway, and so I, I, international business lady, I like that. I, anyway, sorry. Go ahead. So anyway, the read just got faxed in. She hasn't okay. had a chance okay. to see it. Yes. I'm very sorry. So I have to spring it on to you. <clears throat> Tonight's episode of Who's Piloting This Podcast is brought to you by. I'm scared to look at this. Alcoholism. Quarantine got you looking homeless. Have you binge watched all your stories? Well, there's no easier way to disguise your crippling depression than with a trendy craft beer hobby. Pick up an $18 four-pack today and mumble about soft mouth feel and melon aromas while drowning that inner child who keeps asking, how did we become such an abject loser? Alcoholism. 
because no one can smell you on a Zoom call. Thanks. I'm not paying much for this read. <laughs> I don't think I read it too well. Why did you capitalize, or why did they, sorry, our sponsor, I didn't why did they it. capitalize melon and spell it with two L's? <laughs> That's why I couldn't get through that word. I was like, what the fuck? I just assume you naturally laughed at the yeah. word melon. <laughs> Boobs. So what did we learn? Learn? Learn is kind of like, are we, are we? Well, I mean, how about this? Should people watch the show? Honestly, yeah, I, I think I think it's a good show, and I think, um, I mean, I'll go back to what I said in the beginning. I think it was very ahead of its time in the sense that it was 84. She was hiring, like, this, mm, mm, <laughs> I'm trying to say macho, and I had a mild stroke. Um, this, like, macho housekeeper guy, um, and she's, like, this big executive. Yeah, she's, you know, dating her boss to try to get ahead, but... She says, I'm not going to do that. And then she gets the job anyway. She gets the promotion. She's like this big time executive. She's raking in the dough in 84. Come on. That was, that's pretty, um, pretty cool. So I think this shows a pass for me and I'll try and explain why is that I think if I, I'm, I'm still trying to come up with an objective criteria of how to evaluate pilot shows or evaluate, evaluate shows. I think the only person that made it out of the show and did anything else, I mean, Judith Light kind of did. Um, Alyssa Milano, mm, did she really do much? I mean, I think she was she just kind of... She did show Charmed for like a bunch of years. Yeah, on the WB. Babe, people <laughs> loved that show. I don't know. I don't think this show is terribly revolutionary. I don't think it, it really carved any new territory or new ground. Oh, and small wonder in our second episode really did. Oh, well, another loser maybe, but I, I think this leans towards small wonder. So maybe this is the thing that we add to the end of our shows. We say, you on a, on or a, pass. On a scale of small wonder. Well, okay, <laughs> if we're weighing against that, everything's gold. But mm -mm. what I'm saying is maybe we add like a um, watch pass. Your pass. Yeah, watch your pass. For me, it's a pass. Okay, for me, it's a watch. And I would not look at you sideways if you said, oh, I watched all of them. I binge-watched it. That's fine. I've it, been watching it. I've been watching it. I, I, there's nothing wrong with watching it. I don't think there's anything special about the show. Okay, well. And I, I do think it was that's a well- That's fine. <laughs> I think it was a well-done pilot. I'm giving it credit for actually being a good pilot. I think- Knowing what I watched of the show and the premise that they've set up, that's a fart noise. Oh, wait, hang on. <laughs> In the future, this is what we'll do. We'll say, Gretchen, what do you think? Is this a watch or a pass? Watch. And I'll be like, it's a pass. How did you have those queued up already? I'm really good at stuff. Folks, thanks for enduring our podcast. Who's the Boss was produced by Hunter Cohen Productions in association with Embassy Television and Columbia Pictures Television. The current distributor is Sony Pictures Television and the Program Exchange. All copyrights are the property of Sony Pictures Television. If you like this podcast, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe on your favorite podcast service and leave us a review. Check out our website at whospilotingthispodcast.com. And if you want to tell us what to watch next... 
Call us and leave us a message at 323-NET-INFO. Hope you'll join us next week, folks. 